Welcome into the non-negotiable podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here with Paz. Hello, Paz. Hey, Gav. And Justin. Hey, Jazz. Hello. Hey. So, not the best weekend. Um, our worst weekend for a while, really, because unlike last weekend, we didn't get bowed out by a uh, a poor Man City result. So, um, so let's get straight into the game because I think there's there's quite a lot to unpack with with this game, unlike the last couple. Um, Brentford came, sit out their stall, played a lot of long balls, won every single one of them, um, and put us in trouble from the get-go. Attacking-wise, I didn't think we were actually too bad. I thought we moved the ball quite well. We They they just basically sat in a very low block, um, but we did get the breakthrough, and then we immediately gave it back. Um, I don't want to go into the VAR thing right now. We'll We'll do that afterwards. Um, so let's just go through the go through the game at first. We we started okay first few minutes, um, and then we kind of got a uh, little taste of what was to come with the long ball over the top and not dealing with it properly. And Rico Henry missing that chance. Paz, um, it was uh, a bit of a scary start, wasn't it? After the about ten minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was um, kind of uh, getting a little bit, um, giving us kind of. Uh, amnesia well not amnesia I should say more deja vu that's what I'm looking for um <clears throat> in terms of the Everton game um because like you said we, we were playing some nice football attacking pretty well but they seem to um get in behind and have some real clear-cut chances um chances we, which we weren't really getting um they were able to uh get hold of the ball and uh come in behind and um yeah, yeah, very that uh, um the uh and I think the Tony one was was pretty much about 10 minutes after that as well. Um yeah, when he hit, he the, hit bar. the bar. Yeah, it was uh, also uh that was that was for me the clearest chance. I thought that was going to be in. Um but um yeah, I it wasn't the best of starts man in terms of um performance not bad, but uh, again the the chances that the other team were creating but having far less possession um, kind of just started to remind me of that Everton game um, where they missed uh, uh, quite a few, like a hat-trick of really good chances in the first half. Yeah, it was a really weird game. I mean, I think at half-time we had something ridiculous, like 70% possession, 73% possession it may even have been. Um, and I don't think we could have argued if we'd have gone in 3-0 down. Um, just... No. What was uh? It was that long straight ball again. It, there was nothing, nothing clever, um, nothing out of the ordinary. You, we were lucky to go in at nil nil, weren't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've not really been, you know, completely sold on on Tony, but I'd say he he had a a, a really good game, probably the best game I've seen him uh, personally. And uh, I mean, he he kind of terrorized us all night. And we never really came up with a great way to uh, to defend against that 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 like long ball to him. And <clears throat> I'd say uh, you know he gave Saliba you know an absolute mare all night, and uh, that's probably the the worst I've seen Saliba dominated as well. So um, yeah, we we were fortunate definitely to go in halftime nil nil. Like like Paz said, I mean they probably could have had you know two or three before before half. Yeah. And then we come out in the second half, and um, it was more of the same, really. I mean, we had we had all the ball, we were we were struggling to get through, but like I said, it was the low block, and 
unlike the Everton game, I did actually get the feeling that the goal was coming this time. Um, I think we were creating enough and moving the ball well enough. I thought Saka and Martinelli were both coming a lot more central than they did with the Everton game. I thought that was noticeable from the beginning. Um, Saka in particular had a, 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 a couple of... Uh, a couple of decent runs inside. And I actually thought Martinelli was was one of our better players um, on the day. And I thought he was quite unlucky to be subbed. And I, honestly, I think he was subbed just simply because Trossard was the option off the bench. Um, I don't think it was anything to do with Martinelli or how he was playing. Uh, I think he just wanted to get Trossard on. And, and, and that was where, that was just basically the change that could be made. Um, Pass, did you see it like that? There wasn't really much else he could have done, right? No, no, there wasn't. I mean, obviously, Smith Rowe is still not available. Uh, Trossard has impressed, um, but not so much maybe the Everton game, but the Man City game. We know what he can do. We know that he scores. We know that he can. Uh, he's a direct player. He can cause havoc. Um, so it, it, it did just seem, I think you, you're right on that, in that it, it seemed more not because Martinelli was not performing. It was just more, look, we haven't scored. We need an option um, and maybe he's going to bring us something. And yeah, as you can see, that proved that paid dividends um, after that. But we were much better in the second half. Um, we did come out with more intent. Um, they had far less chances I saw in the second half than the first. I think we were more. There were more difficulties in the first half. But I think the second half we definitely started to take the game to them, have a lot more possession. We started well. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it, it obviously proved to be the right decision actually in the end, uh, the substitution. Yeah, and they to go along with that, I think as the game progressed, the longer it got in, the less adventurous Brentford were getting. Um, mm. I thought they were they 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 it's not they played less of their long balls, they, they played even more of them. Um, but what they did is they got less people around to pick up the knockdowns, and then I mean, I was delighted when Mbwemu came off. Um, I agree with you, Jazz. I thought Ivan Tony was absolutely superb uh, on Saturday. That is as good as I've seen an opposition forward play against us in in God knows how long. Um, it, Drogba esque. It was Drogba. It was Drogba making a bunny out of Senderots. Is yep. what it was. I mean, it mm. was it was unbelievable. I thought he was fantastic, and I I didn't think Mbwemo was was much far behind. I thought the the pair of them were were absolutely superb. They're um, a good pair. They, they yeah, are a good pair. They are a good parent, you know, in Brentford, you don't realise, I guess, because there are, obviously, they're a small club and Thomas Frank's done a brilliant job there. Um, they're Wimbledon, dude. <laughs> That's what they are. Mm. They, they're, they're, a, they're a long ball, they're a four four two long ball team. You do not see many teams like that anymore. Um, and they they're you know, a modern day Wimbledon that yeah yeah and that's and you you just don't see that very often it, it's a difficult mm. thing to deal with um well we saw it last week yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah in a, in a different way but but yeah the Sean Dyche um, way <laughs> yeah but yeah it was but I mean we got the goal and it was a it was a nice bit of play and, and like I said Saka was coming more and more into it the mm. longer it went on and you could you know you could just see the class beginning to tell and I, I thought I thought Odegaard actually had a really good game throughout um, he was very tidy yeah. he was probing he was picking there was a couple of little bits that didn't quite come off that were a bit of bad luck but going forward I really didn't think we were I didn't think we were bad at all um, it was a different story at the back but but going forward, I thought we're fine, and we got the goal. And and I think when the goal went in, did did you have the same feeling as me, Pastor? That, that like that's 
That's it now. I, I didn't. And I'm not, I know it sounds like I'm just saying it because it's retrospective, but I still was nervy. I just felt that, um, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's weird how these moments come. Um, so I didn't feel 100% relaxed. And I, I can't explain why, but I just felt that Brentford, because, well, primarily Tony was owning Saliba in that game. Um, so I, I still felt that there was more to come. I thought we might get a bit nervy considering the importance of that goal and the importance of the victory. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't entirely comfortable. Um, there have been other games where I've been far more comfortable um, and that was not one of them. I, I just had this niggling feeling that it's not over. Um, and we, yeah, we did, we did have intent in that game and we played some good football, but we didn't really have clear cut chances, not like the chances Brentford had in the first half we had. And that, that was also the concern. Could we get a second? I wasn't sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I just felt that there was still a part of me that was not sure. Uh, I wouldn't say I was really apprehensive and worried, but I, I, I wasn't entirely comfortable. Let me put it that way. Which, I mean, it's very hard to create chances when you're playing against... I mean, we yeah. were playing against two banks of four and then we ended up playing against a bank of four and a bank of five after they took them off. And it's, you know, it's incredibly difficult. And, and what you have to do, and we've seen it in that with all of our title-winning teams in the past, you just got to find that way through, right? You you just got to find that break. And we and we did get there. So to, to lose it after that was just... Mm. I mean, it was it, it really did feel like a hammer blow. And I think we all expected um Man City to win on Sunday as well. So, you know, last week, although I think we all expected Man City to win, you knew that it was one of their tougher games going to Spurs. So you thought there was a chance, whereas I I really didn't think there was a chance of, of Villa getting anything yesterday. So you you knew how big those two drop points were gonna look. Um Jazz on the nervousness point that that Pass said about, and I I absolutely agree with you. I I said last week after Everton, one of the reasons I was so angry with that is that as we move in, the longer we get, the feeling around these games change, right? And it's it's been a while since we've we've been in the title race, but even in a race for the top four, the feeling changes, the nervousness gets there, the players are a little bit tighter, they're a little bit more anxious. Um, I thought you could actually feel it um, in the crowd. For bits, I, I thought it was quieter than usual. Um, it was, uh, it was definitely, there was definitely a nervousness there. Could you see it in the players, Jazz, especially with that when that free kick was was given for the where they got the equaliser from? Yeah, definitely. I uh, I watched the the extended highlights a couple times uh, before we jumped on the uh, the pod just to um, you know kind of kind of brush up on key moments and. Um, I didn't really realize this while watching it live, but there there were um, long moments of basically silence. Um, and I mean, watching the highlights again, you'd have thought Brentford uh, dominated. Uh, the chances were were skewed heavy in their favor, um, and we, we just really didn't create that much. But yeah, as far as uh, the players, I definitely think that the tension is going to keep ratcheting up uh, from here on out, and. You know, we haven't been in this position in a long time as a as a club, but, you know, we do have a, you know, the youngest squad in the league. So it'll be uh, interesting to see, you know, how they handle it from here. Um, we're in a little bit of a slump right now, 
was that four winless in a row right uh, now? I believe it, it's it's three, and then Newcastle was uh, like the game before. I think it's four in five or four in six. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we really needed this one, I think, to uh, to to bounce back, and and hopefully the 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 lads will you know the pressure is only going to be you know bigger and now we have city coming up it's it's going to be um it's going to be a tough one to watch for sure yeah and this was this was my concern um in that we we haven't been in a tight race for a long time but we've not reacted that well to this pressure in the past um you know over the last couple of years we didn't react well to it last year um we have this tendency when one game goes against us all of a sudden two three and we're struggling to get back um that was one of the most pleasing things after the united game earlier in the season that we lost up there that we got straight back on um but yeah when i said that everton game felt a lot like newcastle at the end of last year this is exactly what i was what i was worried about um so var this is a tough one because First off, I've actually got more a problem with a free kick that was given rather than the offside because I thought it was absolutely ludicrous. It was a foul on Saliba. You could see it was a foul on Saliba in real time. I, I just I I don't get how they get a breath of free kick out of that. Then we have two offsides. The first one again, I think he's more egregious. Um Pinnock or Panic. Um I thought that was clear. The one that actually led to the goal, I thought was a little bit more unclear um but either way it there's no way no way it should have stood um I think Pass you said at the time about it being Ramsdale's fault I don't think it was Ramsdale's fault but also I don't think he's going to be proud of how he dealt with it I think that I there's a stat going around that Ivan Tony won 12 of 13 aerial duels and I was shocked that he lost one um <laughs> and I don't think Umbuemo's stats would have been much further off they clearly went after Saliba in the air. They didn't go to Gabriel's side at all. They went over on him. Mm. And, and you know, he, he's not been the same since the World Cup. He, he really hasn't. I think he's been poor. And yesterday, I thought, was about as poor a performance as, as I've seen in a long time um, from a centre-back. And I think that Ramsdale got a jitters. Um, I think he's watching that back line just get pummeled again and again and again. And I think he came for a ball that he probably had no right coming for. Um, Paz, I know in real time you you kind of felt a little bit differently about it. Do you feel what do you feel about it now? Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, I I don't want to like solely blame him. Uh, I I think he has a part to play. Uh, I think it was a bit of a rush of blood to to just sprint out there and go for it. I mean, it's easy to say that with hindsight because you know you could say if he stays back there, then I think was it Norwood? What's his name? Norwood, the guy. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Um, if he stays there, then he has a shot at goal. Um, and then people would blame why, why didn't he come out or why didn't he make the goal look smaller? So it, it, it's easy to say that with hindsight. It's just obviously the ball across left Tony with a, a gaping goal and he put it in. Um, but it's, it, it, you're absolutely spot on about Saliba. Um, I think he was, he was dominated by uh, the kind of, let's say the John Fashionu of uh, the modern day, if you're going to put Wimbledon as a, yeah, it's exactly as what an analogy. Thinking. Yeah, it was exactly yeah. what I was thinking when I was making the analogy earlier on. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to put that in there, that's a that's your John Fashionu there, a Tony. Probably a little bit more classier on the ball, but um, but but yeah, there you go. He just absolutely dominated Saliba, and they obviously had that in mind. Uh, Saliba has not been the same. You're correct. Um, he, I thought he, he I think the the games I, I thought he was pretty good in was the Spurs and the one we won the Spurs and I didn't think he was terrible in the United game. I thought either. he was good against uh, United. But but Gabriel, we know, is excellent in the air. And he's superb at clearances. He's superb at blocks. He's just maybe not the silky centre-back, which Saliba is. But what Saliba lacks, Gabriel fills in. And that's one of them. And that's the the domination in the air and the aerial presence. Um, but, I, I, you know, do you want to talk about the VAR? Because that just incensed me. I think it incensed me more because it was the same guy who had ruled out our other defeat um, against United. Uh, <laughs> and it's just beyond me how these people still have a job. <laughs> just, I, yeah, I, I no, don't we, know. We, we absolutely, we absolutely have to get into it. Um, he, uh, you know, he was going to be VAR against uh, City and they, again, against us, but they pulled him off. Did you, did you hear about that? It, no, it wasn't him. Um, the one they pulled off was the one that uh, didn't give the Suchek handball, I think. It wasn't going to be Lee Mason. It was the other guy. Oh, oh. Yeah, because oh, there were so many VAR errors this weekend, it's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we have to go into this. So <laughs> I've heard two different lines. The first one is lines. Yes, that's a good one. I didn't line, mean... line being yeah, the opposite I, I, word. There. I didn't mean that. So the first <laughs> one was that he forgot to draw the lines. Um... That's amazing. That is amazing. That I... that's 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 like a taxi driver forgetting to drive. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it 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 really is. And I, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't buy that. Um, I think that's bollocks. Uh, I don't believe that he sat there and forgot to draw lines. Um, the other one doing the rounds is that it took them so long to check the first offside, which they got wrong. Um, it was two minutes and 13 seconds. I think they said it took to check the first one and get it wrong. And after that, he panicked and he didn't want to delay the game anymore. Um, my views on VAR are well recorded everywhere. Um, I think it's trash. I think it was a terrible idea to begin with. I don't think it should be in the game. And I think this is just pure proof that it shouldn't be in the game because they're still getting these decisions wrong. Pass, take it away. Um, yeah. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll obviously defer it to Justin just after this, but, um, I, I, Gab, I know your, your feelings on VAR and there's some serious problems with the way, I mean, we, what have we had? We've had, um, Basically, in it's entire five points taken from us. Five points, because I, I think we would have beaten United if we had scored. If, if Martinelli had scored that, that goal well, was don't given. Forget, don't forget the Gabriel penalty at Everton, right? Yeah, last last week yeah. we should have had a penalty there. There's yeah. no doubt about oh, it. Yeah. We should have. Yeah. So there's that. Newcastle. I'm not sure it was a penalty, but I know there's fifty fifty there. Um, over mm. when we should have had a penalty against Newcastle. So it's not just this one. It's basically in every single one of our games that we've dropped points this year, yeah. there's been some kind of VAR at the very least questionable. I mean, we've had we've had two apologies, so we're we're top of the apology league as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 that that's remarkable. What do we get other than the apology? 
It's it it means nothing. They have no that the fact that that guy um intervened he intervened in the uh, United game, which scored a legitimate goal that Oliver had uh, given as a goal. He intervened specifically for him to go and look at the monitor, show it in slow-mo. And we all know when it's in slow-mo, it always looks 10 times worse than what it is, even though it didn't really look that bad. But anyway, from from the on-field, uh, from the referee on-field, he looks at it and then he just doesn't give the goal. So he actually actively intervened in that. And in this one, he did a lack of interference in terms of, if he didn't do the lines, if he's, I don't know what's worse, you purposely didn't do the lines or you forgot to. What's <laughs> worse for me? I mean, yeah, at I, the end of the I day, agree. It's... I mean, I think, you know, I don't know which line was fed out to try and placate the public, but I mm. don't see how he forgot to do his job was better than he's just yeah. really bad at it. Yeah. 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 And there has to be some repercussions. There has to be. You can't make decisions which cost teams. It could cost us whatever it is at the end of it. It's going to cost us something. They have to have some repercussions for it because it's appalling. Justin, I'll let you take take over on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you hit, you know, you you hit pretty much everything that I would say. But I mean, it is, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I know, I know, every club feels like, you know, the the refs against them. Well, maybe not United, but every other club. And, but you know, I, I just feel like, you know, I don't just watch Arsenal. You know, I think we all try to catch, you know, several prem games every every weekend and you know i feel like i never see things as egregious as what they are for us um and uh mm. you know it, it almost just feels like a conspiracy at this point it's it's that bad you know um so yeah it, it doesn't well, help apparently all from um, manchester yeah, yeah that that i i cannot get what how is it can a referee right just answer me this right in an international game, can the referee of one of the nations referee the game? Can he? He can't, right? No, no. Can an English referee referee an England game against, let's say, I don't know, France? No. Why are they allowed as a man? If you're a Manchester referee, for example, we're playing Manchester United. I think, wasn't he from Salford? Um, They're well, all from I, fucking I, Salford, I, aren't they? <laughs> how are they? Yeah, how are they allowed? I know ninety percent of Man United fans don't live in Manchester, but still, I'm sure there's a portion well, that not, are going to be in and around. Ones that I'm worried about right now is the city. It's the city one. Yeah, yeah, that as well. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just absolute farce. Uh, apparently, the Brighton game there was a big cock up as well. Do you yeah, know about was, that? I didn't see. There that. was. I, I mean, I saw the Susek, uh save in the. West Ham Chelsea game, and that was right. that was quite incredible. He dove down to his left to push the ball away. Yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah, uh, nothing did. given there. Then that was amazing. We had, um, and I didn't see the Tottenham Leicester game, um, but there was uh, apparently a disallowed goal there that was wrong. Um, we had the. Have you seen the Wolves player sending off? Because that was fantastic. I heard about it. But... So he got a second yellow card for being the third player to approach the referee. Yeah. <laughs> I I played football for 25 years. I was never aware of do not be the third player to approach the referee. So, I mean, and that's the only, that's the only thing that stops me believing there is an entire conspiracy is this weekend. And, and I do agree with you. We've, we've suffered from this more than anybody else. I don't care what anybody says. It isn't, it, it isn't some sort of complex we have like that the numbers will bear it out if you look at the numbers the mm. numbers will bear it out we've had more apologies than anyone else you can just take that stat if you want 
Um, but the numbers of Barrett, we've suffered more. But the fact that it was so incompetent this weekend all around is is insane. Um, mm. And, I mean, where they go from here, I've never really understood why in this day and age we can't have refs from all over the continent refereeing all over the place. We have players from all over the continent, right? We we have we mm. have 10, 15, 20 different nationalities on the field at one at one time. Um so why can't we have referees from Belgium, from Italy, from Spain? There's that new around. That new uh uh one of the newer refs is Australian, isn't he? Uh Gillet? Gillet uh well, what I'm saying is why can't they referee a Serie A match one week and then ref in the Premier League the next week. I, I this this PGMOL, this farce of an organisation, needs to be shut down, and the Premier League need to take more responsibility for this. They need to be more responsible for the training. They need to be more responsible for bringing them up. They need to be more responsible for appointing mm. this handing it off to an outside body that's governed by former referees who made the same mistakes that these refs made is just it, it's insanity and it will not get it will not get better while while these while mm. these refs are there um how, how do you feel Pash, about the idea of, of maybe switching refs from different countries and and i mean i don't know how you do it i don't know if it's fifa who have to take charge of it but something's got to be done hasn't it I don't see anything wrong with it. I always find, um, I don't know, I, I found the standard of refereeing uh, in the World Cup pretty good. Uh, I didn't see, I, I, I found the um, the standard of continental refs, if if they're at the top of their game, I, I find it a lot, a, a lot more, um, uh, I find them a lot more competent, in my opinion. But I guess, you know, the World Cup, it is the best of the best, but I don't see a problem with that. If, like you said, if you can have managers that are um, international and players that are international, if they're, especially from the continent, it's not a big trip to make, is it, to a, a Premier League game? Because I think we're just, our pool is so limited in quality. Um, yeah. We're having this discussion all the time. And it's just getting, it's getting tiresome. I mean, you don't want to just blame it on the ref because obviously there's a lot that you can pick out of that game that you would just, when we talked about it, that you'd blame on the team or on certain individuals or whatever. But the, again, it comes down to a decision which should never have happened. Yeah, well, and this is what we it, said. Yeah. This is what we said last week after Goodison, right? Is that mm. I'm not. Uh, it was a penalty on Gabriel, one hundred percent. But I'm not blaming the ref for us dropping points that game, right? We were we were no. abysmal, and I kind of feel the same way about yesterday. In that we we just weren't we just weren't good. But the fact is, regardless of whether we were good or not. Sometimes you win games when you aren't playing well. And that's a big part of the the whole thing. And we have had two points taken off of us. There's there's no there's no denying it. They they took them off. Brentford could still have scored after that, maybe, but it probably wasn't likely. It wasn't like at that point they were creating chance after chance. So we have we've literally been robbed of two points there, and they're two points that could be absolutely massive come the end yeah. of the season absolutely huge so it just something's got to be done and just with with this going back to this referee thing right and and you know and can you have foreign referees and that and the size of the pool the premier league is by far the richest league in the world right there, there isn't a league that comes close that's why the premier league can buy all the best players why can't the referees just be paid a little bit more to work in the premier league than Serie A? 
I always just kind of thought it was, uh, you know, a bit of a, a old boys club, you know, looking after uh, looking after each other. And uh, well, I think it, it looks that way, right? With this PGMOL, yeah. that that has to be how it looks because you've just gone from Dermot mm. Gallagher to Howard Webb. Me and yeah. Pass have both had sleepless nights out of both of them. The only good thing is that it's not fucking Grand Pole. Um, oh but God! It's, but but it's you. You've got all of them. Just they're just lining up. And what happens after? What happens after this? Do we get Jeff? Winger who was after the Howard? Webb? Who was that tosser that did the uh, Arsenal Man United game, the infamous one when we lost our unbeaten um, record? Who was that? Pratt? Was that Mike? Uh, Reed? Was, was that Reed? He of Riley. 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 Mike Riley. Right? Oh he yeah. Was another. He was awful. What a prick that guy was. Yeah, honestly. and he's probably he's probably next in line. And 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 this is the problem again <laughs> with that PGMOL. Um, just how how do we get rid of it? Who do we have to write to? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean the 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 whole uh, the whole system just feels corrupt. I mean, I wish there was a way to just burn it to the ground and and, and start <laughs> over. Um, but you know, I mean. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to be negative or pessimistic, but you know, I, you just you feel like because there's so much protection there, it's just you know, it, it really feels like to me it, nothing's really going to change. Um, I know Webb is uh, Webb's kind of in a new position, as I understand it, right? Oh, like they created a position for him. That's well, no, he's taking over as the head. He's taking over from Gallagher, and he was supposed to come in at the st- at the start of next season, I believe. But right. because everything was going so badly, they let him take the post early. But Mm. I mean, first off, I have zero faith in Howard Webb. But secondly, even if I did, there's nothing he can do right now. He's yeah. got his pool of refs that he has to pick from. He's got his pool of refs that work the VAR. The rooms are the same. The camera angles are the same. It's. It, it, I don't see how it can... I don't see with the current structure how it gets any better. Because next season, it's not like he's going to be out of... He, like I said, going back to buying buying the best players and that, he can't do that. It's not like he can just go out by the best referees because the whole way the system works, he's just broken. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say uh, I've seen this point uh, made. I mean, the only thing that I, I could really think of that'd be like a, a, a decently quick solution is, um, you know, raising the pay. So it's a much more attractive job and you, you would, you know, cast a bigger net of people that are interested in being Premier League refs or, you know, the best of the best would want to come, you know, officiate in the Premier League. Um, that's pretty much the only uh, quick answer, you know, I, I have. But even then, you know, if you've got the guys in charge that are, you know, oh, I mean, just as, just as potentially corrupt or incompetent, you know, it, I don't know. I, I just don't feel good about it at all. <laughs> well, being, being a ref is, is ridiculously hard, right? And right. and for mm. everything, you have to start somewhere. I mean, I had refs refing some of my games when I was when I was younger. It was, it was 17, 18, and they're, they're just getting started. They get a barrage of abuse from everywhere, and you, you feel, you know, so a lot of them fall out because they don't want to do it, and then they move up. So it, it is a tough thing, um, but there, there's got to be a solution. I mean, there is – we – the Premier League is the richest league in the world. Why is an outside body governing referees who are basically governing themselves? I just, I don't understand it. The Premier League could easily put together academies, put together things like, you know, like the the FA had Lillishaw years ago and the French obviously have the very famous Claire Fontaine for the players. So right. why can't you do that for refs? Yeah. 
take 0.001% of the TV money and, and put it, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like it would take a, you, you know, out of the pool of, of TV money, the Premier League gets is so insane. Just take a, a tiny fraction of that and, and go to, you know, referee uh, improvement. But I don't know. How much do you think they're getting paid? I actually just Googled I, I, that. I did. It like was a like, couple of grand a game, don't they? Well, it was like uh, seventy-five thousand to two hundred k, depending. And center. I don't know how many games you do. Yeah, center gets uh uh like fifteen hundred a game, and the linesman gets eight fifty, I believe. Uh, I don't have it up anymore, but I literally just looked that up. Yeah, I figured it's not it was. Great, a, is it? I figured it was around there. It's it's not, and it, it's you know for for this league in particular, you you just. I just don't know how it's gone this long. And we've, so the moron that used to own Crystal Palace, Simon Jordan, he was on TalkSport mm. today. And um, his thing was VAR is great because it gets more wrong than it, more right than it gets wrong. Now, I'm sorry, that's not what we were sold, right? I, I Like I said, I was against it from the beginning. I will throw my cards fully on the table. I do not like VAR. Mm. I don't like the idea of VAR. I've never liked the idea of VAR. But we were not sold. We're going to bring this in. It's going to make half your games go past 100 minutes. No one in the stadium is going to know what the fuck's going on. You can't celebrate a goal because you never know if it's going to get ruled out or not. But we're going to get 52% of the decisions right. That's not what we were sold, is it, Pass? No, and uh, I think... Um... You know, fair enough. If VR wasn't there, that goal would have been given, right? The Brentford goal. It was. Given. And by the way, but if it had, I would have complained about the foul because I thought the foul was ridiculous. But I don't know. We even talk about the offside if VAR isn't there. Yeah, I think you're. You're. Yeah. You, that's true. You're kind of looking at then just with your eyes. You're not drawing the lines. You're not doing any of that. So you you look at it. I remember, you know, back in the good old days without VAR, they would just say. Well, it could be offside, looks marginal, but they won't make too much of a fuss about it. But the whole point of it was it was supposed to eradicate even those particular moments yeah, and you can determine that's offside. Right? We're going to take the controversy yeah. out of the game. How's that working so, for you? Exactly. And and what they've done is they've added more controversy by not making the right decision in the first place. So it, it, it then... the. The problem you have is that they're trying to eradicate human error, but they themselves are humans that are making these decisions. So you're not eradicating human error, are you? No. Um, you're, again, leaving interpretation down to certain aspects of the game. And that's where it gets – that's where you're not really adding the value that it's pur- purportedly trying to make. Yeah. No, not at all. You're, you're just – you're not adding it at all. Um, Judge, you want to finish up on this? Uh, man, I, I wouldn't be at this point, I wouldn't be against just, uh, you know, uploading the, the rule book to some AI and, and letting it figure itself out, you know, because <laughs> um, I mean, it, it le- at least it wouldn't be biased. Um, <clears throat> I tried that before and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had to come back from the future and save it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a couple, you know, like I'd like to see maybe a camera on the ref, like a body cam. And I, I think it'd be a good idea to have them mic'd up you know, to the point where they, you know, maybe not quite to the extent like the NFL is, but, you know, if a such, if a um, rugby, yeah, if Just a call is on that one second, because I, I, we're going oh, yeah. go go to finish up with that a bit, a little bit more like, Just have you ever seen, because I know Pascal has, have you ever seen the picture of the, the video of David Ellery being mic'd up in an Arsenal Millwall game oh, in uh, 1990? Just... Have you ever seen that? It's no, brilliant. I haven't. 
All right, I'm going to send it to you when we get off, and I'm going to put it in. I'm going to find it and put a link to it in the description of the podcast. It's amazing, it Justin. Must it's amazing. watch TV. That's okay. all I'm going to tell you. It is must watch TV. Anyway, all right. Well, let's let's leave the first half there because I, right. I just you know Pascal's now made me angry. Um, talking <laughs> of VAR, so I'm, I'm angrier than he was. We'll, so, we'll we'll go and get some light relief by looking at that video after. Yeah, that will cheer you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's leave it there, and we'll be back in the second half, and we'll we'll preview City, and and I think that's probably going to be. Uh, I think that's going to be such a such a big point that we probably won't have time for anything else in the second half. So. Um, so city uh, city preview coming after the break. Welcome back to part two of the non-negotiable podcast. Um, we're going to look forward to uh, by far the biggest game of the season now on on Wednesday. Um, before we get into the game itself, I want to talk about some of the stuff around it. Um, losing. Uh, well, not losing, but dropping two points this weekend with them picking up is a, is a, a massive blow because now it's three points. We do have that game in hand, but you know we know that if they win on Wednesday night, they're going top, um, and that's you know that's something we really really didn't want them to have a chance of. I think that's going to be uh, certainly a, a bit of a fillip for them. Um, Paz, with uh, with the way it's gone the last couple of weeks. Would a draw be the worst result in the world? It wouldn't be the worst result in the worst on the surf uh, or the worst result in the world on the surface, no. But I just feel a win will mean many different. There's many different um, facets to what a win would mean. Firstly, we get one over Man City, which we haven't done for years. Uh, they've got a massive run of consecutive wins over us. I'm sure you or Justin will know what that is, but that's, you know, under Pep Guardiola alone, they, they've beaten us, you know, I, I don't even know how many times. Um, so that's one, getting one over them. Because if we're going to win the title, that's the team you want to be. Um, I think we're at home. Um, we've got a great record at home. The Brentford is the only uh, blooper in Newcastle. Um, but we've not lost. Um, I feel the game will suit us more than Everton or Brentford. They're going to come out. They're going to go for it. That's good for us. Opens up more. Um, so for me, and also just getting a six-point lead over them, knowing we've got Villa away, Leicester away. Um, we've got some tough games coming up. Um, it's just, I think, psychologically, it's a massive, massive boost for us if we can win that. If we draw, it's not the end of the world, but I think it then will kind of have an effect as to, or maybe we might start questioning, can we beat them? Are we able to beat them? Because we were so close last year and we lost out to, you know, uh, the, the sending off to Gabriel and he scored in the last VAR minute. decisions. Yeah, VAR again, all that nonsense. I just think we, Arteta knows City. He knows exactly how they play. I think we can go into that game. I think we have to give it everything. I feel the win is pivotal for a mindset side, especially coming off the back of two unfortunate results. So for me, it's more as um, a kind of to just build that momentum again, get some ascendancy and just get one over them because that's something we've just not done for years. I think I, I am I wrong in saying the last win I can remember was, um, was it the Santi Cazorla game? Cazorla penalty. Where we won 2-0. Yeah, I think it I think that was the last win. 
Well, the FA Jeez, Cup. What's that, five years ago? Well, other than, yeah, oh, the FA, FA Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But league, final. was it yeah, when yeah. we beat them um, uh, away? And yeah, um, up there. Coquelin was in the midfield, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was the Coxola. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeez, there you go. That, I mean, <laughs> just, that's like that's like years ago. I think this will just mean so much and also could deflate them as well. So that that's my feelings on it. Uh, but as I said, if we draw it, you know, it, it doesn't have too much effect on the table per se, but it could just have an effect there on after. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do agree with that. And I think if we can, if we can win and you can get six points in front with that, with that game in hand, mm. that is, that is massive. But just coming off these last two games. And again, this is the psychological effect of knowing that if you, I, I think, I just think Saturday was so big because if you go into Wednesday night with almost nothing to fear because you lose, you're still a couple of points in front with that game in hand. Mm. It just feels different, right? If they if they get a win and they come out there on top, and I'm I, I just honestly I worry that if they do that, we're not going to get back there. Um, if if we you know if we fall down the table, I just don't I don't don't see how we're getting back. Just do you think that the um, do you think the pressure is going to be alleviated slightly by the sense of injustice from the weekend um, rather than going in there? Are, are the players basically going to be out of focus on the fact that it was such a bad decision that the fact that it's been two bad performances, they can get over that? I do. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think, I think the, the guys will be, will be up for it. I think, um Oh, I mean, you know, I agree a hundred percent. This is a, this is a game we really have to win that, uh, you know, city, I know they've been a little less consistent uh, this season, but I do think if they get the lead on us, it's going to be hard to, to catch up. Um, Tough games coming up, like, like pause said, especially away. And uh, you know, we're again, a draw wouldn't be the worst result, but we, we really need a win here at home uh, to give us that cushion. I think, um, I mean, I, I, I hope the the poor refereeing decisions gets them as fired up as it gets us fired up. I'm sure it does. Um, but I think there'll be, a, a, you know, a lot of guys wanting to get, you know, revenge and, and finally get one over on City as well. I'm sure Arteta kind of feels that way as well, having worked under Pep and whatnot, being at City. So I, uh, I am a little worried about Zinchenko. Do you remember him in the... How fired up he was? Yep. Yeah, so that'll be one to watch. Um, but but yeah, I I think I think they'll be ready. Arteta knows how to set them up, and um, you know, City's got. I don't know how much this actually plays into the players' heads, but you know, they've got all these off-field controversies, and I we discussed it on a, a pod or two ago about um, you know how City's already kind of they seem like they've got some internal strife. So I'm really hoping that plays a factor as well. But that that may just be me trying to be optimistic as well. Yeah, and they've uh, they've added an interesting string to their bow this season. Um, diving, <laughs> I don't remember a city team diving the way this team do. I mean, we've seen De Bruyne doing it in the last minute. De Bruyne's doing it all the time at the minute. Um, I don't know if he's losing a step, and that's his way of coping with it. But uh, after Chambers Chambers on uh, on Sunday, I turned that game off because at, at two 0 I didn't want to watch it. I actually didn't see the city penalty decision until about two minutes before we came on. Um, it just happened to 
pop up on uh, on something I was reading. Have you, have you guys seen that? Have you seen the Grealish penalty? No, I, yeah, I, I thought it was soft. It? I thought oh it was my soft. God. I thought soft. I thought it was. I thought I thought it was. But himself. again, I know. And there's always this this narrative. I think when uh, specifically when it's English players, I feel sometimes that you know that uh, he, he was quite clever, or he's looking. You know, the contact was there, but it was minimal. I, I just think he he died. He exaggerated the fall, and and that for me wasn't a penalty. But you know, I, I kind of. Uh, I'm I'm used to it. But one thing relating to that, Gav and Justin, is that um, what I did notice about them, as opposed to last season and maybe the season before, is usually in that game at 3-0, Villa's um, uh, City's putting that that game at 5-6-0. Generally, they would just row absolutely go right over their team and and, and go on to win it 6-7-0, whatever. Um, But once Villa scored they look really shaky at the back. And and I think Villa actually had some really good chances to get another in that game. So I, I think that's a great chance for us to really give their defence a go. They seem to be uncertain about who to play because Walker, I think, went off. Um, so I oh, guess did he's he going to have to... I saw, uh, I saw he was struggling a bit early with a hamstring, um, but he, he kind of looked like he was all right. But he, did, that, did that flare I, up again? I, I think so. I think Aki did come on. Um, I know Akanji came on at half time for Diaz, but that looked like that was more tactical um, to save him for the Arsenal game. But um, I think Ake came on for him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And there was suggestion that he he didn't look himself um, in the game, that he, he was struggling with something. Um, but I, I think that defence is for the taking. It's not what it was. And I think most teams that have got Brentford went there and beat them. Yeah. Um, they haven't been the same team. Um, Everton got a draw there. So I honestly feel at home, we can really give them a good game and and, and take it to them. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely think they can. I definitely think they can be got at, especially, uh, especially at the back. Um, and I don't think they're as secure on the ball as they, as they have been in season past. Um, and Haaland going off at half time, that was absolutely precautionary, right? There's there's zero chance he misses Jazz, is there? Uh no, I don't I haven't seen anything uh anything on that. Uh to be honest, I, I hope Haaland plays. Um I do. I think we've got um a better shot uh beating them with, with Holland on the pitch. Not that uh, I'm not terrified of him because I am. That's the but, funny thing, though. <laughs> I don't want him to play on Wednesday night, but I do want him there for the rest of the season. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's one of them where I don't want to face him, but I do believe that he disrupts them enough where I think he's, he's uh, I don't want to say he's a net negative. You can't really say someone that's going to score 35, 40 goals this season is a net negative, but they definitely haven't adjusted to him yet. Yeah, but at the same exactly. time. The with watching our, our our back line has been beasted by straight long balls in the last two games. I'm a bit scared of Haaland on on Wednesday night. City really shouldn't be doing much of that, though. I mean, I know they 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 kind of did last time, but I'm I'm I, they, I think uh... they did that a lot last time. They Haaland moved over onto well, we talked about it afterwards, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we Haaland talked about moved it. Moved over onto holding, and um, mm-hmm. and they they smashed the ball long. And quite honestly, after watching the last two games. I think they're going to do it again. I think Haaland is going to move on to Saliba and I think they are going to fire that ball up there. I, I know it's not traditional City, but they've already tried it against us once. 
Yep. And, you know, after the Brentford game, I'm, I'm not, you know, filled with confidence on, on, you know, Saliba's form right now either. So, um, but yeah, he plays, he plays a hundred percent. I don't think, um, you know, there, there's any uh, injury concern there. And, you know, I, I know on a good day, you know, Saliba and Gabriel can, can handle him, but I, I am a, a, a little less confident uh, in their current form right now. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So um, starting 11s then let's, uh, let's go there, pass. Um, you thinking there's going to be any changes? You thinking he's just going to roll out the same starting 11 and dance with the one that brought you? What, what do you think he's going to do? feels a bit like deja vu doesn't it because I'm thinking the same as after the Everton game I'm thinking you know is Tomiyasu going to get a run out this time um I don't think Ben White, ben White was terrible in the last game but yeah I agree I, just I don't feel... think there's any chance Tomiyasu plays but don't you feel from more of a defensive perspective you know to nullify you know the Grealishes of this world or Mares just to to kind of bring that little bit more defensive stability, which he's excellent at. He's a great man marker, isn't he? And he's great in his defensive play. They might want to minimize um, maybe the overlaps and, you know, sacrifice that to have a little bit more defensive discipline um, there. I mean, that's just my thought, but I, you know, I, I know a white is not really barring a few games, not really put a foot wrong this season. Um, I mean, that, that again is the possible, but, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure on that. And maybe Trossard still. Uh, I think he gave them a bit of a game, didn't he, at the FA Cup? I didn't see that game, but I know that you both did. And I, from what I heard and what I was reading about, he gave them some real problems. So maybe that might be in his thought process um, to give him a run out against them. Um, but I think besides that. I don't see much changing. Um, I have seen some suggestions for other Arsenal fans putting thinking about putting Trossard in the cent- in the centre forward position ahead of Enketia, but I, again, I, I don't see that happening. Um, so yeah, I, I would say probably the most likeliest would be Trossard, uh, or it's the same. Yeah, Jazz, are you thinking kind of along the same lines? Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, cat uh, walked across the keyboard. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I I'm like ninety percent sure we'll we'll trot out the same eleven. Uh, you know our our set eleven. Um, Tomiyasu along the same lines that that Paz was talking about is is kind of the only one that I could maybe see, but I'm 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 pretty sure it's going to be Ben White. Um, Martinelli and and Trossard. I uh, I was more surprised that Trossard didn't start against Brentford. Uh, Cause I kind of expected that, but in this one, I, I think it's Martinelli. Um, so yeah, Tommy and, and white are the only ones that are kind of interchangeable for me personally, but I, I think it'll be the same 11. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be the same 11 too. I do. I, I don't think there's any chance he plays Tommy. So I think the only possible change is Martinelli for Trossard, but I honestly, I don't think he'll even make that change. I think it will be the, it will be the, the team, the team that went out. And then let's talk about subs because the subs have been an issue for two and a half years, which yeah. is basically the same amount of time that Mikel Arteta has been in. Um, <laughs> we saw for just about the first time on Saturday, something a little bit different, which was Vieira coming on for Xhaka. Um, I don't think it worked, but he tried it. And I don't think it's a bad idea to try that when you're when you're chasing a game. 
Um, I saw a lot of people saying, well, why didn't he bring Tierney on? Well, and and I don't want to go in on Tierney here, but he didn't bring Tierney on because first off, Tierney's not even the second choice left back, Tommy Asim is. But what good would that have been with Eddie and Ketty up front throwing on Kieran Tierney to run down the line and bang the ball into the box 10 times for the goalkeeper to catch it? You know, I, I just I don't see that as being a as being a realistic option. So when you when you look at the options he's actually got on the bench right now, with with ESR still out, with Jesus still out, he really doesn't attacking wise have any options other than Trossard. Um and you know, and Pass, you just mentioned you just mentioned Trossard coming on for or, or starting in the middle for for Enketa. You've seen some people say that. I think we all know that's never gonna happen. Um, uh-huh. like, like the fact is, and we, we've talked about this before. Arteta likes players that can play in different positions, but he never wants to play in there. Like he, he just, he just doesn't. Fans think that players change position a lot more than they, than they actually do. It's a rarity when you get someone like Ben White moving out to right back, um, a position that he played before actually. But it's a rarity. It doesn't happen very often. I mean, how many times did we hear David Luiz is going to play in central midfield next year? For Marlon, for Marlon <laughs> was the was the ultimate DM, right? Yeah, um, it just it just doesn't happen very often. So, with that in mind, with the options we've got on the bench, like, what do we do if we if we need to if we need to change the game? Because, I mean, I'm seeing. I think that Xhaka for Vieira switch might happen a little bit more frequently now. But man, it, it didn't work, did it? Uh, um, oh, oh, go ahead, pass. No, no, sorry. Was that for you? Was that for Justin? Uh, it yeah. was for you, Pat. Sorry, mate. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, it is a concern um, uh, that we 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 don't have the players off the bench. Uh, besides, like you said, Trossard, Vieira really hasn't made an impact. Um, you know, Reese Nelson. You know, maybe. Um, it, it, I do worry about that. And I think Vieira, it's maybe an idea that he's had or he's probably been working this in training to have Vieira play in that kind of role. And I think that was one of when we did buy him, him, wasn't he for um, uh, or was it more the Odegaard role? I think it was more the Odegaard role, wasn't it, that we were looking for with Vieira, maybe playing him out on the... um, yeah. On the wings as well, I believe. Yeah, it could really um, spell Saka for a bit, but I think mainly he's he's the Odegaard cover. But but yeah, it's, it's yeah. more it's more when you're chasing a game and you need something a little yeah. different. And we're Arteta's got a system, and everyone plays within that system, and that system does not change. You can be two nil down, four nil down, three nil up. It doesn't matter. That system is not going to change. You might have players move into it and play the role in a different way, right? So Tierney and Zinchenko being a perfect example. They're they're both playing left back but they're doing it completely completely differently um so you, you might see changes like that but the structure of the system really doesn't change right which is why we're saying trossard comes on for martinelli every go. i mean we can probably sit here right now and pick the substitutes right for wednesday yeah. night trossard will come yeah. martinelli on about 65 to 70 minutes tommy asu will replace ben white around about 80 minutes you, you just you agree with that but this this yeah. is the concern, isn't it, gents? I mean, it's the concern because it, it, you there has to be a point. So sometimes in 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 other teams they might have 
kind of a left field solution when they're behind in a game. You know, <clears throat> if you think about it, you've got Haaland, but you've got Alvarez, right, for Man City. Mm-hmm. Alvarez brings something different to the game. Uh, as much as Haaland brings something different, we don't really have that. We don't have that. And it's all within the system that Arteta wants to play. But there might be a point when and teams are going to understand us. They're starting to understand us now. So what do you do to kind of offset that? That's the question. And I think that's what we're, we're faced with at the moment in that we don't really have, you know, I think um, I heard it, James Nicholas say about uh, Calvert-Lewin. Um, I know he's not box office and he's not someone that I, I, you can go either way with him, but he's brings something totally different to a system that maybe you might need to penetrate because if you are chasing a game, it's, it's not obviously working. So something has to change to shake up the uh, attacking formation or the way that we're playing. Yeah. And we've seen this from the, from the start with, with Arteta and uh, you know, he's a lot of his lack of options, but it's also where he structures so rigid. I think you, you just don't, you just don't see the changes there. And, that is, I'm not a huge fan of rotation. We all know that. I, I don't really believe in it that much. I, I I don't think these players are tired or anything like that. But I do think there's times in games where with the the game state and with the way the game is going, you do have to be able to have a different option to come off the bench. And I mean, is Smith Rowe the wild card? Just is is he the one that can unlock this by playing two or different three different positions differently? That's a that's actually exactly what I was going to say. I think we. Uh we miss Smith Road desperately. Um, I think he's, he's, uh, Trossard is a little more um, Smith Road like than Martinelli, of course, but I think, uh, you know, we, we just miss the kid. I think the, the, the variation he gives us over, over Martinelli coming in and, and being such a, a goal threat, being able to play uh, a little more centrally than just, you know, out wide, tricky he's capable of fast passing releasing players which I think Trossard will do a lot of that as well um but you know Smith Rowe is is so much more like ingrained knows everybody um it's really a shame his injury problems this uh you know this season so far um I think we would you know, have so much more variation in the attack if we could play him and I think right now with where Vieira's at even as that left eight coming in for Xhaka, I think we would be all in a lot better shape if we'd had the option to bring Smith Rowe in. I'll tell you though, I would I would kill for like a like a Giroud like striker right now as like a Plan B. Um, I know he wasn't the most prolific, but but there's a a lot of games where I think having a you know a, a target guy like him that's really good at bringing others into into play and I mean being able to get ahead on the ball in the box. Uh, would be excellent for us, you know, similar to, to Paz's uh, point about Calvert-Lewin. And I, I'd, I'd like to see us, you know, maybe address something like that in the summer, you know, nothing, not a huge crazy outlay or anything, but, you know, just a nice, you know, 20 million big man striker that we can put on to help us out. Yeah, it's, it's an intriguing thought. And we've, we're back to the Smith Rowe thing, just real quick. Like we say that, you know, players don't change position that often. Smith Rowe is the one that Arteta has been willing to try and trust in different positions. We've seen him play that left eight. We've seen him play 10. We've seen him play wide left. And we've seen him play up front. Mm-hmm. No one else 
under Arteta's played that many positions. Like as soon Saka was was a left back when he fought, he wasn't a left back, but he was playing left back when when Arteta first came in. Um, but since he's made the switch, he's never moved him. I mean, he just he just doesn't move him. He stays on that right wing. So you you don't see Arteta willing to move a bit. I mean, and we had this discussion when Enketia comes off the bench and Jesus is on the pitch. To everybody else, it would make sense if Jesus was the man that moved wide and, and Enketia went through the middle. But that's not what happens with Arteta. It's it's, it's a one-for-one. One. Um, and Smith-Rowe is just the only player that seems to have that little license. And I, I do think Arteta really likes Smith-Rowe. I think he really does have a lot of trust in him. Um, but like we said, them them injury issues have just it, it's really robbed us of of fantastic option, um, even just as a game changer. It, it it really has. It's been it's been crazy. Um, Paz, last few weeks, have you noticed how big a drop off we've had in set pieces, particularly attacking wise? Um, we don't seem to be earlier on in the season. We were we were really good from well, we've been really good from set pieces for a year or so. Um, but we've not even threatened in the last few games. Our corners have been bad, and it's that's a worry for me because I thought that was actually that would actually be a good route in against City, um, and it would have been a good route in the last couple of games as well. Have you noticed Pass our, our, our corners have dropped right off? Yeah, the delivery's been poor. Uh, I mean, um, kind of what's um, what was highlighted was Vieira's uh, free kick at the end of the oh. Brentford game. Oh my I mean, god! I don't know. I thought it was I thought that was a back pass. That was oh, <laughs> I, don't I, I don't even know what he's do, what he was doing. But did you I notice mean, that um, we actually you know we started off and it was it was Martinelli taking every corner from one side and Saka taking every corner from the other side. Well, mm. on Saturday, Odegaard was getting involved in the in the corners. Odegaard took a couple, um, and I think that just says that whatever we've been doing ain't been working. No. No, we're not. We're not hitting them, um, and and that has been, you know, one of the things that we were talking about at the early part of the season was the um, the set piece coach uh, and what yeah. an impact he's Nick had. Over. Yeah, 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 and what an impact he's had on the team. I I don't. Again, you know, I I I do feel that is a concern. Um, I'm just trying to be as uh, glass half full as possible with the fact that we're we're hitting just that little spot of um a bit of a lull um it's going to happen because what's happened is the first half of the season um we're the new team on the block we're the team that people are not our system is is clicking teams are not really sussing out the you know the the way that we're setting up and the changing of different positions during the game but I think there is an element where we're being sussed out by some of these more negative approaching teams. And it, 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 it's also, you know, if you consider uh, Everton, they have some big, tall centre-backs as well. So you're obviously at more of a challenge when you're getting those sent pieces in. But for me, it's a lot to do with the delivery. I think delivery's been off. Um, I think that we just... I'm just hoping this is just a very small period where we're going through which every team seems to go through every season um especially at this time of the season that we're going to just totally recover on Wednesday and get everything right um but yeah it is something I've noticed it would be I mean a win on Wednesday would be the perfect medicine right massive everything seems all right again if you do that but you know we it's easy to bounce along and forget how exceptional that first half of the season was. Mm. Right? We got 50 points from 19 games. We got 69 <clears throat> points in its entirety 
last year. When we all sat down and talked at the start of the season and we, you know, we were going through what we expected this year. Um, I think I might even have been the most optimistic out of everybody. And my what I really, really wanted to see, because I, I had no doubt we were going to get top four. Um, but I said I thought it was going to be kind of 75.75 goals. And what I was really hoping for was 80 points and 80 goals. I thought that would have been an absolutely tremendous season. Um, but the way we paced that first half of the season, it's yes, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a blip, but the first half of the season was so good that it was almost impossible to see a second half the same. Do you know what I mean? Like we we weren't adding, we weren't going to add 31 points to our points total from last season. We were going to drop off a bit. Um, and you know, and we're gonna need Man City to drop off a bit, to continue to drop off a little bit, because we're we're not getting 95 points. We're just not gonna do it. If 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 we can get to 85, 86 and give ourselves a shot, that's kind of where I would be I would be incredibly happy with 85 or 86 points. And then what City do from there is is whatever they do. Um but just on on Wednesday if we get that win and if we get that gap, that's going to really push us on, right, for these away, these tough away games at Villa and at, and at Leicester. Um, because I do think they're games we can win. I don't know they're games we can win in this form. I think if we, you know, if we, if we lose on Wednesday, it's going to be a real tough ask to go to Villa and win. But if we win on Wednesday, we've got a real good shot, right? Yeah, I think the uh, the shot in the arm that a City win would give us you know, it's kind of one of those things where if we beat City, I could see nine points in the next three. But if we lose against City, I could easily see it, you know, going the other way, maybe only picking up, you know, four points uh, or less. Um, I think the the mentality, the the drive that it would give us to, to beat City is absolutely massive and uh, season-defining, really. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I think this is this is absolutely the key game. And like, like I said before, I, I don't think a draw. I don't think a draw kills us. Because um, quite frankly, if you said to me now you can draw this and draw at the Etihad, I, I'm snapping your hands off at that. Unfortunately, it don't yep. work like that. Um, so you you know you really do want to win your win your home games. Yeah. But if you know if we as long as we avoid defeat, we're still we're still in it, and we've still got a real a real good shot. Um, Pass when it comes when it comes down to it. If we win that and we we start we start rolling again, then we've got the bonus of Jesus coming back. Um, I think in the last couple of weeks, I love Eddie. I think Eddie's been absolutely fantastic since he's come in from Jesus. Um, I, I don't think you could have asked any more from him than what he's given you. But I think in the last two weeks, we've also maybe seen the limitations um, a little bit, which. You know, at the end of the day, he's the he's the backup striker, and he's the backup striker because he's not as good as the first choice striker. That's that's just how life works. Um, how big a bonus is that going to be if we can get Jesus back and still with a lead at the top of the table? Uh, it would be phenomenal. It would be everything. I mean, it would. I know you were like you already mentioned. You were a lot more optimistic about this season than maybe I was. Um, in terms of where we would finish, I mean, I, I thought getting into the top four would be phenomenal achievement. Never did I expect us to be three points clear at this point in the season. Um, and, no, and uh, I want to make it clear hand. that uh, I wasn't predicting titles or anything like that. I just, no, no, you weren't. I just thought, no, we'd, weren't. I thought we'd finish. The, I thought we were the third best team in the country. I was just yeah, that is correct. That's what I meant. I, 
I thought we might struggle to still get in the top four. One thing I did agree with you on, though, at the beginning of the season, and I have it in writing, was that um, we would finish out of Spurs. I, I absolutely agreed with you on that because I thought they, that was their... They got the best out of their team with their limited players uh, last season uh, to our detriment. But that was the last of it, I thought. I thought they were going to absolutely collapse. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, if we if we were to win this game on Wednesday... Um, we'll go six points clear. And then we have um, Villa and Leicester. Leicester obviously hitting a bit of form. Uh, Villa or Villa and Suma, Unai Emery. And uh, yeah, it, it won't be a walk in the park. But if we were to come through those two games with Jesus on likely to come back, I think it's absolutely outstanding to be still ahead and have Jesus come in. Um, and you've got to remember that and Ketia has done incredibly well. But if you're looking at the team that is below us, uh, City, to have Alvarez, a World Cup winner, that can play, and then you have Haaland, who we all know can score goals, and have that as options, and us in return is a, is a very different <laughs> kind of scenario. To still be ahead is going to be an incredible achievement. And I, I could only be optimistic thereon about our chances to win the league. Uh, I think Jesus will be massive to come back. Absolutely massive. And still having Eddie there as a backup is, I think, still important because um, he can still offer that option for us when we need it. I think you're muted, yeah. Yeah. These um these things, these these little runs in seasons happen, right? You 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 get you get a good run of games. You get a tricky run of games, and you know we've got we've got Villa away. Um, which, to be honest with you, if we beat Man City, I, I don't think we're going to have much trouble putting Villa away. Um, Leicester away is definitely going to be more difficult because they are finding a a bit of form, and they're they're a decent team that's probably in a bit of a false position. But if we get through that, we've got Everton to come at home. Um, you know, there's going to be some wrongs that need to be put right there. Then it's Bournemouth at home. Then Fulham away, then Palace at home, then Leeds at home. So, you know, I if you look at that run of games as a block, if we can win on Wednesday night, man, what a chance! What a chance! Because if we can get, if you can, if you can win that, and then get through the next couple unscathed, you've got a run there of five games. You, you're expecting to win all five of them, and, and you know, and we've been saying all along, you got to win your home games. Right when we come back, we we knew when we come back we had eleven home games, and I think we all thought if we won them eleven home games, we'd be we'd be right in it. As it happens, we've we've dropped points in in two of them now, which is a blow. But I think we've got every chance, right, Jazz? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's all about this city game. Really. Yeah, and I, I want to end it on a high. I don't want to end. I don't want to end it with a negative. The last couple of weeks have been, uh, you know, there's been some bad stuff, but. We're still a good team. We're still the we're still the same team as we were before. Um, if we can get back to playing how we were, and you know, like you guys were, were right, they that Man City are not Brentford or Everton, and it, it sounds funny in a way. Yeah, they're one of the two best teams in the country, but it might, it might actually be a little bit of a welcome relief um, to play them and the way they play after what we've been through the battles of the last the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, where are you? Uh, where are you guys all all watching it? I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna block the afternoon off from work and uh, 
I think I'll, I'll probably just be watching it home. I don't think I'm going to have going to have time to get down to Freddie's Anchor Bar in Fort Lauderdale. I think it's just going to be a, a couch day for me, screaming and shouting at the TV. Just um, the same, same, Justin. Yeah, same. I uh, for for games like that, I kind of prefer to be to be on my own. You know what I mean? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. do. It's funny that I was uh, so I was uh, I was at a Super Bowl party last night, and uh, the host was uh, an Eagles fan, and I was watching his face at the end as that field goal went over, and there was like there was like maybe twelve of us, maybe fourteen of us. And I could tell all he wanted was everybody out of his house. <laughs> and I turned to the you wife. You need privacy. You oh, need privacy. You yeah. I, I, I think I turned if you... to the wife and I, I said, like, if, if, yeah. you know, if we get to a Champions League final or whatever, I'm having nobody in my house. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've got the cats. That's all I've got. That's fine. I mean, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> um, so I can, I can say what I like, do what I like. The bed straight upstairs if I need to just resort to that. And if we lose, it, it, everything's there for me. Um, yeah, you know, so if you I could see ahead of time that we're going to win, of course, public place. But but you can't. So yeah. I'll just play it safe and be at home. Yeah, no, the wife goes out whenever the games are on. And I, I didn't find this out until uh, she told me a few weeks ago. But she actually checks the score before she comes home. And she times that long <laughs> she's going to give me depending on the result. <laughs> That's brilliant. That That's is, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, uh, that makes that makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, let's leave it there. And, and God, I'm just praying that we uh, praying that we win no, on, no. on Wednesday night because this is this is the this is the biggest game we've had in a in a long, long time. Biggest game probably since i mean i never really thought we were in it that year that leicester won it um so i think it's probably the biggest game since 2008 you think i mm. would think so what yeah. what would would that be the man united at home what's or, that and 2008 well anything yeah. after that uh after the birmingham game really when it all started to fall apart that's <laughs> right after yeah that. yeah so yeah, yeah i think this that's is, right i think this is the biggest game since since that run so all right, well, enjoy it. We'll be uh, in touch through WhatsApp as long as I don't throw my phone at the screen. So um, <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll we'll meet up after the game. Maybe we'll have a, um, maybe this week as uh, the smaller episode later in the week, we'll actually review the game because I think it might be, it might be worth its own little episode. Yeah. So, all right, guys. And if we lose, put a periental advisory on it, okay? Please. Yeah, if we, uh, yeah, if we lose, if we lose, I might just not record. I might just leave it to you. Two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I'll uh, see you next week, and and thanks everybody for thanks everybody for listening.